Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Uh, some huge news that broke last week that we actually didn't get an opportunity to jump behind the mic and talk about, but there was a tweet or a post or something that went up from John, Sean Johnson saying there was news coming and a lot of people suspected it was the birth of his child, which I think did happen the day after anyway, but it was that Sean Johnson ended up re-signing for another season at the New Zealand Warriors, which was super exciting news. Um, and look, I'm super excited to see SJ back at the New Zealand Warriors next year, but... I think the thing that has me most excited is that we get to see SJ with Roger Tuivasa-Shek once again. I think they're one of my favourite combos to ever watch play footy. And I think right now, it might not be the most exciting Sean Johnson we've ever seen. I mean, depending on how you want to describe exciting footy. Uh, But I personally think it's the most complete Sean Johnson we have ever seen. And uh, when I saw that news the other day, it got me super happy. I was stoked, so happy for the Wires, so happy for Sean Johnson. Because as I've said a number of times, uh, and you know, on this podcast, more than happy to admit when I am completely fucking wrong and good god didn't I have this one wrong because I honestly sat there in the preseason going I don't know if Sean Johnson can get himself to a point where the Warriors decide they want to keep him in the future and I thought to myself you know what if I was one of these other clubs uh, around the league that was looking for a halfback I don't know how much money I'd be willing to spend to get Sean Johnson to my club and how wrong I was it's probably one of my worst takes of the season, to be completely honest with you, because he has been incredible. In fact, I'd argue it's probably been my worst take of the season. People would want to push the Sonny Luke argument, which is fair, but mate, maybe I just wasn't vocal enough about it, but I really did think Sean Johnson was done and dusted. So to see him do what he's done this year and just the way that he's led that Warriors side around has been incredible. And his performance yesterday, that was absolute vintage Sean Johnson. Um, That was incredible. A big win for the Wires, obviously against the Sharkies, uh, who are a team that do struggle against top eight sides. They really struggle against top eight sides. Uh, But you can only play who's put in front of you. And I thought the Warriors played incredibly well. 44 points to 12. They were all over them. Uh, And I mean, they scored a try in the 77th minute. The try before that was in the 63rd. So, um, you know, they, they piled on 38-odd points in 60 minutes. So the Wars were tremendous yesterday, and I just thought the way that Sean Johnson controlled that side was incredible. He went down at one point what I thought was an Achilles injury, and it scared the living shit out of me. I was honestly out of my seat, hands on heads going, oh, please no, please no, please no, and thankfully he was okay. But, mate, some of the passes he threw in this game were incredible. There was the one... 
The first try was scored through DWZ, came off a, uh, a pass from Chance. But, mate, go and watch the pass that Sean Johnson throws to Chance. It's like a tunnel ball between two of his own players to hit Chance coming out of a blind spot, not only behind one player, but behind two players. It was such a good ball. And then as I literally uploaded that Instagram post, he threw potentially an even better ball to Rocco Berry, just vintage SJ. Uh, and then he had another try that I, I think it was Luke Metcalf who was caught offside, uh, which was just a pinpoint kick. There was just nothing the Sharkies could do about it. Thank God for the Sharks, uh, Metcalf was called offside. So I just thought Sean Johnson, he was he's just such a complete footballer right now. And it's something we've spoken about a lot here on the podcast over the years. Uh, the scariest thing about matured halves, you look at guys like DC and Origin, you look at Cody Walker, the scary thing is that they've seen it all. Yeah, there, There's no shape, there's no defensive structure you can throw at them that these guys haven't seen and that they haven't studied. They've been doing this for 10 to 15 years. They know what's coming every single time. And Sean Johnson... I, the thing that I love about him is that he spent the first half of his career breaking down these defensive structures and whatnot in a completely different way to how he's doing it now. And the way he's doing it now was the biggest knock on Sean Johnson for the first half of his career, despite him winning golden boots and being a superstar, was that he couldn't control a game of football. He could out he could out-touch football you. He could out-highlight you. He could do all that sort of stuff. And when you got to finals footy and really into the grind, is he the halfback you want leading your team around? No way. You wouldn't even consider SJ as one of those halfbacks. Now, now the narrative has completely flipped. His game management is sensational. His pass selecting is sensational. His understanding of not only when to pull the trigger, but how to pull the trigger. And what I mean by that is a guy like Sean Johnson, I've spoken about this, and I think Mitch Moses is another really good example. These guys come into first grade, they've got all the highlights in the world, all the steps, all the chips, all, all the cutout balls, all this unbelievable stuff. That sometimes just taking that really simple option of just squaring up your man and creating that, that that extra half a meter of space for your fullback, which will lead to the try three passes later, that's what SJ probably didn't have. Instead of squaring up and creating that space, he'd go left foot, left foot, left foot, and try to get the outside and just make it a draw and pass or score himself. Now you're seeing a much more matured SJ, an SJ who has really grown into his game, and an SJ that is, I think for the first time, in the, over the last few years, SJ actually sat back and just watched was watched what was around him. Whereas I feel like in the first part of his career, SJ wasn't so much looking up and watching the defensive line. It was just all based on what SJ was doing. It was everything was on SJ's back, and he was skillful enough to make that work. And it was incredibly exciting. I loved it. But I think now you can see that it's like the game is in slow motion for Sean Johnson, and I just love watching him playing his footy. And I'm so glad that not only has he returned to this form, but I'm also glad that. His body is held together because there was a while there where we were really worried about SJ, about his body. He had the Achilles injury and whatnot, if he was going to come back the same guy. And you know what? As much as he's not relying on how quick he is or how, how you know how good his step is and all that, if his body would have given way years ago, we wouldn't have actually been able to see this form of SJ. And I've spoken about it before, similar to Benji Marshall. Uh, Benji obviously went to South Sydney, the back end of his career, came on, played a bit of 13, Whenever he jumped on and played in the halves, he was sensational. But the reality is, Benji, you know, he he would do it for one or two weeks, and then he'd ha- and then the next week he'd play ten minutes, or he'd have a spell, or things like that. Like SJ is doing this with week to week grind. He's getting through the normal defensive workload um, that a halfback has to get through. Whereas Benji Marshall, I mean, when he was in that side. You've got to remember as well, he also had Adam Reynolds, who was directing the team around. Like Benji Marshall was a free spirit there. 
SJ is taking it all on board. Keep in mind, he's lost to Mate Martin. Uh, he's now got um, my, my boy Metcalf next to him, who's a tremendous player. But it just it puts more pressure on SJ because he just has to take more control of this side. And I just I love watching Sean Johnson at the moment and just how controlled he is. And just it it just feels like he's learned how to play slow. And it's not, as I said, it's not something that you looked at SJ and thought that's a skill set he has, nor was it something that you looked at SJ and thought that's a skill set he needs because everything was fast tempo, everything was over the advantage line, get on the front foot, get a quick play the ball, and it's all or nothing here. Whereas now, you can see SJ where he's dropping guys off and he's getting ready for the play after that, and you can see in his mind that he knows if I can square the hips of the guy in front of me and just get that guy one man over to take one step in, my winger's going to score here. And I, like the, you, you just have a look at the football of DWZ and how many tries he's scoring and go back and watch how many of them come off SJ, getting the ball, coming off his right foot and squaring right up and sucking that whole defensive line in and creating room for chance. I, I just think what SJ is doing at the moment is incredible and I'm absolutely loving watching him play his footy it has been so impressive and I I do think he is probably the favorite to take home a Dalian medal this year which is fucking unbelievable but I mean like I'm I'm just going to try and get up a list live now whilst we're speaking but I mean I'm not sure who else could take it I think Reese Walsh was right up there but he's now been suspended so I'm pretty sure that rules him out Um, I think Payne Haas has probably dropped off a little bit he's had a few few injured games and whatnot I think SJ, for the last five or six weeks, he's just been killing it. I think he would have picked up points in every single game, essentially. Um, It's going to be very, very interesting. Obviously, Tom Travojevic is gone now. Obviously, um, Nathan Cleary, he had an injury. So I really do think SJ is a serious chance. I'm just having a look through um, the leaderboard. Now, this is after round 12. So this was eight weeks ago. Payne Haas was leading it on 30. I feel like Payne Haas, during this origin period, hasn't collected a stack of votes. Nathan Cleary... 20 round 20 uh, he, he was on 27 points he would have got injured oh fuck i don't know what origin one so just after origin one was it for nath so what would that have been around 14 round 15 so i don't think i don't, I don't think nath would be much over like 35 votes or whatever harry grant i don't think he's had a big enough season he he, he would have got man of the match the other night nico hines would still be there and thereabouts i guess Reese Walsh obviously got suspended. Latrell Mitchell's been out for a long time. Sean Johnson was on 22 points eight weeks ago. I think he'll be right up there. I, I genuinely think he will be right up there. Apart from that game, they got beat by South Sydney a few weeks ago where they were far from impressive. I, I, I think SJ is going to be right up there as far as this Dalian medal this year. I think he was only five points behind Nath Cleary, who hasn't played in the last five or six weeks. Sean Johnson, without a doubt, would have jumped ahead of him. And keep in mind... Five points behind Nath Cleary. Keep in mind, if you get man of the match now, you get six points because two people give you man of the match. So it's worth six points. It's not the same as the old system. Uh, So I I personally think there's a very, very good chance that Sean Johnson would be leading this right now. Nath Cleary, he would have fallen behind him. I think Payne Haas, I I, I don't know know how how many games of football Payne Haas has played since round 12 because of origin and whatnot. He's obviously been out for a few weeks too. So I don't know how much movement he would have had. Harry Grant, I mean, yeah, he would have got man of the match the other night, to be fair. So would um, so would Sean Johnson, and I'm confident in saying SJ would have picked up more points in the last five weeks than what Harry Grant did. Reese Walsh suspended. Latrell Mitchell hasn't played since then. Cody Walker was on 22 points with SJ, as was Dylan Edwards. So those guys, they, they'd be travelling along okay, to be fair. But Cody Walker's missed a lot of footy as well. I think he's missed three to four games for South Sydney now, whether it be through origin or injury. Sean Johnson, he just keeps on trucking. He just keeps on trucking along. And I know it's not 
a direct correlation. And look, I, I haven't kept track of every single game, obviously, and I, I don't have those numbers in front of me. But if you go off nothing else than like super coach numbers, for example, and, you know, for halves, it's probably a really good indication because we know with Sean Johnson, if he isn't laying on tries and tries this, uh, he's probably not going to score well in super coach. And you have a look over the last, you know, five weeks, he's scored 300s. Uh, so that means he's come up with a lot of attacking stats. You know, I, I, I reckon he would be absolutely flying at the moment. To be fair to SJ, since round 12, they've had two buys. They've got one more to come. But in that period, outside of that South Sydney game, I think he's been unreal. There's the Brisbane game. He only scored 39 um, super coach points there. So I can't exactly remember how that one played out. But... Off the back of that, Dolphins, he scored 127. Raiders, he scored 119. Dragons, he scored 112. I mean, just looking at those numbers alone, and when you think about how the Warriors play without even remembering the games, I mean, I was down there for the Canberra, and he had an absolute blinder that night. I'm not sure if he would have got man of the match, but he would have got at least one or two points there. So, mate, I reckon SJ is going to give this Dalian medal a real shake. And if you have a look at his run home, they've just beaten the Sharkies, and he would have got man of the match in that. Next week, they got the Raiders. Then they finish off with the Titans, the Tigers, Manly, Dragons, Dolphins. They don't have to play a top eight team for the last five weeks. They play the Raiders next week. Then they have a bye. And then they've got five games against bottom eight teams. <laughs> I mean, this is sensational. And of those, I think three of them are um, three of them are in New Zealand as well. So, SJ, mate, I, I I remember sitting here at the start of the season, as I said in the start of the podcast, thinking, fuck, I, I don't know if he's going to be the first-grade halfback for the Warriors next season. Now, all of a sudden, I'm sitting here going, well, fuck, he's probably my favourite to win a Dalian medal. It's just an incredible rise from Sean Johnson. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, just on the Warriors too, guys, I posted a thing yesterday talking about uh, the Waz. Uh, I said, you know, a great win. Then I started talking about the Sharkies. And I guess... Um, uh, we'll have a bit of an explanation on that. And I had a lot of uh, Warriors fans blow up at me and go, oh, typical Australian media, not making about the Warriors, making about the Sharks. And look, I, I personally, and I, you know, I've spoken to a lot of Warriors fans. I think there's a little bit of trying to be the victim here, to be honest with you. Uh, I think you Warriors fans, and I agree with you, I think for a long time Australian media has left you out. But um, if you think that I am, I'm sorry, but you're kidding yourself. Um, I'll tell you why I made yesterday about the Sharks and not about the Warriors. Because the Warriors are a good football team. And I'm not sure if you guys have realized that yet, but I fucking hope you have. The Warriors are a good football team that I expect a lot out of, which is why I was so disappointed with their performance against the South Sydney Rabbitohs a few weeks ago. Which is why, I mean, you put 38 points, 44 points, whatever the hell it was, on the Cronulla Sharks yesterday. And I go, okay, it was in New Zealand. That's what I expected the New Zealand Warriors. Two years ago, if you would have put 40 points on the Sharks, I would have gone, wow, how good's that? What a performance by the Warriors. You know why? Because I wasn't expecting you to play that well. I wasn't you. Ex- I wasn't expecting you to be that team. I'll give you the hot tip, New Zealand Warriors fans. You're that team now. And you can pretend like people don't talk about you like I did yesterday because you're being excluded or anything. It's because we hold you to a standard now because you're a fucking good football team. And there is no, there's nothing more to it. There is nothing more to it. I walked away from that game yesterday going, the Warriors did what the Warriors are meant to do. The Warriors did what good football teams are meant to do. I'll tell you right now, if the Panthers would have beaten the Sharks 44-12 to yesterday or whatever the hell the score was, I'll tell you who I would have been talking about, the Cronulla Sharks. Because once again, they came up against a good football team and the Sharks have a lot of trouble with good football teams and they got played off the park. 
what I was saying yesterday was not taking anything away from the Warriors. What I expect from the Warriors, it, it's it's no more it, like I, I'm no longer getting to the weekend and sitting down to watch a game at Mount Smart and going, oh, I hope the Warriors win here. It's like, no, the Warriors are a good football team. The Warriors are a top four team at the moment. They should win. And if they don't, why didn't they win? Same as I would be for the Panthers. Same as I would be for the Broncos. So shout out to, to the Warriors fans, and a lot of you messaged me and apologizing for the small minority of Warriors fans, but I need you to understand, I need you to stress, because there's going to be a lot more of these conversations over the next few weeks. For me, when I look at the Warriors, you're a team that can give this genuine this premiership a genuine shake. You're a team that I believe can go deep into the finals. You really are. So I'm going to hold you to that standard. Same as I did with Parramatta last year. People weren't asking me, do you think Parramatta make the eight? People were saying, do you think Parramatta can win a premiership? And I, and I was saying no, because that's the standard you hold them to. No one was asking me last year if the Tigers could win a premiership, but they were asking me if Parramatta could. People are asking me the same thing about the Warriors now. And I can't say no. I'll tell you what, there's two top eight teams that played yesterday, the Warriors and the Sharks, and which one's closer to winning a premiership? I think it's the Warriors by far and away. And when you get to that point, you get held to a different standard. And I'll tell you what, the New Zealand Warriors, their attitude has completely changed. The Warriors team, their attitude has completely changed. And I think there is a small minority of fans out there that your attitude needs to change with the Warriors. I said this a while ago that uh, when their CEO came out and complained about referee decisions, I said, hey, that's not what the Warriors are about. You can tell through their football, that's not the Warriors' DNA anymore to complain and fucking whinge and whine. I think there are some Warriors fans out there that probably need to realize, hey, we're play- people aren't talking about us because we're a good football team. People expect us to win now. People have never expected the Warriors to win. I shouldn't say never. It's been a long time since the expectation has been for the Warriors to win. You're on the brink of playing finals footy as a top four team. Appreciate where your team is at and appreciate and respect that people are treating you that way. Because I think the Warriors have come so far and I really don't want that to get lost in Warriors fans thinking that fucking Australian media or something is against them. And sure, there are people out there that probably would be. That's completely fine. But I'll give you the hot tip right now. It's not on this podcast and it's not on the Bloke in a Bar podcast and it's not on the Supercoach Playbook podcast because we respect the hell out of the New Zealand Warriors, which is why I walked away from that game yesterday and said, Jesus, the Sharks are in some trouble. Not, oh my God, the the Warriors won a game of football and played well. Bullshit. That's what I expect from the Warriors. That's the sort of football team you are. And I think it would be really insulting to try and tiptoe around that and try and overplay the Warriors and pretend like it's still a shock. It's not a shock at all. The Penrith Panthers win games of football. The New Zealand Warriors, they, they win games of football. That's the team that they are this year. Are they at the Panthers level? No, they're not. But are they higher than probably you know 12 other teams in this competition? Without a doubt. So I hold them to a higher standard. I hold them to the same standard I hold the Brisbane Broncos to, which is the Broncos are a bloody good team. They've got a bloody good roster, and they should be winning because that's the sort of team they are. The New Zealand, New Zealand Warriors excite me so much this year. I cannot wait to watch them in finals football. Uh, I'm, I, I even think two weeks ago, I was still looking at them going, oh, yeah, I think they'll be there, but I'm not totally convinced. My God, I am heaps convinced on the Wars at the moment. I think they're doing fantastic things. I'm so excited for them. I love what the coach has done. He would probably be my coach of the year right now. Um, if he holds them, even if he doesn't make the top four, if he holds them in the top six, I personally think he's my coach of the year. But when you have a look at that run home, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jesus Christ, I personally think the Wars will probably be a top four team because they should win the vast majority of those games going home. And you know what? If this was two years ago, once again, you said to me, oh, the Warriors are playing, you know, five bottom eight teams in the last five weeks. They'll win them all. I go, no, they won't. The Warriors will find a way to fuck those up. I am so confident right now the Warriors win at least three, and I'm pretty confident in saying they win four out of those five because I think they've turned the corner, and I think they are a genuine, genuine team this year. So please, please, Warriors fans, please respect that at least myself and definitely Kempi as well. I spoke to Kempi about it. We look at the Warriors and go, this is a team that should win week to week. We're not going to celebrate the little... The, you know, the, the, the little week-to-week wins that you have because that's the sort of football team you are. We're holding you to the highest standard that you've set for yourselves and that those players and that coach in particular has set for himself as well. So great news, fantastic news. Sean Johnson staying another year. Sean Johnson playing unbelievable footy. Sean Johnson, probably a favourite for a Dalian medal now when the New Zealand Warriors doing fantastic things. You are no longer the team that when you win, you're everyone's second favourite team and we, and we love it and we post about it a thousand times. If the Warriors are going out to play rugby league, we expect the Warriors to win at the moment because that's the sort of football team they are. That's the difference between them and the Sharks. Who's got more talent across the park? I would argue the Sharks do. Who's got more ticker at the moment? The New Zealand Warriors by a country mile. Who's the team that I don't want to play come the back end of the season when everything's on the line and it's bright lights, footy, and it's who's going to stay in the trenches the longest? It is the New Zealand Warriors. I do not want to deal with them. It's a compliment to how well the Wars are going and how far they have come, and it is so refreshing and so exciting to see in rugby league.